I'm Regina Botras and welcome backstage where we talk with theatre makers from actors, directors, writers, theatre heads and beyond. And my guest backstage in this podcast is Catherine Ryan. She is a graduate from the VCA in animation, I think. Uh, she works as a writer, dramaturg, director, community theatre maker, producer and performer and has worked across stage, radio, published prose, documentary film, uh, award-winning writer and is co-writer of Dogged, which is playing at the Griffin at the moment. In 2009, Catherine won an Augie for Best Radio Adaptation of Aurora Calling the Results of a Joint Observation which was then the Australian nominee in its category at the Pre-Italia International Media Awards. Her works also won a George Fairfax Award, uh, two Inscription Awards, uh, along with several other national, including Patrick White Griffin and Hal Porter Short Story Awards. She's been an affiliate writer at the Melbourne Theatre Company, a resident writer at Griffin Theatre Sydney and commissioned by the Malthouse Theatre as well in 2013. She's had works for ABC Radio National and she's currently working on the production at Griffin called Dogged. Well, she co-wrote it with Andrea James, who we spoke with at a previous time here on the show. And it was developed through a national script writing workshop at Playwriting Australia. Welcome to Stages, Catherine. Thank you, Regina. It's lovely to be here with you. Thanks for joining me. So a woman of many talents and hats and uh, skills. Was I right? Did you start as an animator? Oh, this is the funniest thing. It makes me laugh because this happens all the time. There's actually a course at the VCA that's called animateuring, which Uh. is a very funny, I was going to say something else, a very funny word for just basically someone who creates new work and everyone, everyone gets it confused with animation. So I'm glad we've cleared that up. Excellent. Yeah, we've cleared that up. We've cleared that up. No, I would love to be able to be an animator, though. That would be ace as well, but uh, not yet. (laughs) Uh, So it means creator of new work. So is that basically Mm. kind of the beginnings of you as a writer or as a producer or anything? Is it is it generally you work with new work? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. And it's about being. I guess when it comes to theatre making, it's about uh, the the course was really about all the, you know, multiple different ways to generate new work and create it. So I've worked in group devised works and in with solo devised works, but then also just over the last few years, I've tended to work more and more as a playwright and less kind of on the floor. It's a really open and beautiful way to recognise that, you know, we make theatre in all many different ways and that that they're all they're all useful and there's um, strengths to be had from all of them. So you moving from device to writing in playwriting, so what are the things that are used to inspire you? And I can't help but think that even while you're working with new work, often it is driven by, I don't know, something else, some other idea. What's your inspirations? Where do you draw your inspirations? Oh, well, I guess like broadly speaking, I get my inspiration from things that I feel about well, as I intensely. said my guest so that is might Catherine be Wright. it might be a political issue or it might be a personal thing it's about human experience for me and and also you know other species experience mm. speaking of dogged so yeah the questions that I'm really interested in exploring in my work are about interconnectedness and relationship about empathy about 
power and how power is manifest and the things like the obstacles and the spaces that are between us. And again, I guess I say us, I mean, you know, all beings in the world. What are the things that hold us together and what are the things that keep us apart and and cause pain? And I guess so it's that, you know, that sort of deeper, like just like the experiences of life that we have but mm. I, I tend to not necessarily work naturalistically with that stuff so it's it's more like a bigger a broader palette of those ideas but you know theatre is a space where people are connecting in time and space you know the audience the theatre makers with the art and with each other and so for me it's that that you know what what is so magic about those moments and the stories and the things that we share together in those moments that can make us and can influence us. It sounds very general, I know, but that's no. just very broad, but that's that's yeah. kind of where I come from. And, you know, different, there've been, my different works have had different starting points. You sure. know, sometimes I'm really excited by an image excites me or, you know, sometimes a news story just pricks, you know, something deeper for me. Yeah, it's all sorts of things. And that when you talk about the the spaces in between, is it the kind of unspoken things as well, like the subtext, what's really going on, even though we're not spoken outwardly? Absolutely, absolutely. Because, I mean, one of the biggest influences for my practice is um, theatre maker Jenny Kemp, who's Melbourne-based. Her work was always about the different layers of existence that all sort of happen simultaneously, you know. There's all these different worlds that we inhabit at any one moment. So definitely the unspoken, the silence, psychology, the images, the things we bring from our past, the memories, but also on a much kind of broader level, there's that sense of the energy, you know, energy that happens between people and broader cultural questions too, like really broad questions about, yeah, how do we as humans kind of, you know, make this life thing work as well as we possibly can together. Mm. I mean, language is powerful, but when we don't have language or don't use it, that's equally powerful. As musicians well know, you know, there's mm. the power of silence and silence is silence is saying something. Yeah. Let's have a talk about dogged, dogged, meaning, I mean, it's the, the name of your show, but showing tenacity, or oh, I looked it up because <laughs> I accidentally yes. came across it when I was looking up Griffin, and having or showing tenacity and grim persistence. Take us into that world and where it started. Sure. The great thing about the word dogged is that one, well, the show is about dogs. So yeah, great. Excellent. Mm. Very relevant title and eye-catching. And I always like single name titles. They're punchy. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the meaning of it, there's like, there's actually, there's two meanings. There's that tenacity and grit that you talk about as in someone's, you know, really doggedly fighting for something and not giving up. Um, but to be dogged by something is also to be chased or haunted by something that's following you and not letting not letting go. So those both those meanings for me were really relevant in this story when we, you know, when I think about how the characters are in relationship with each other. I mean, they're all tenacious in a way. Woman is trying to hang on to the traditions of a family farm and what they've done and how they've done it for years and hanging on to their sense of financial security and, you know, her sense of identity as she's known it. And Dingo is equally as dogged because, you know, she's also 
fighting for, um, you know, her, her family and her pack. And mm. she's also doggedly wanting women to see this truth that she needs she needs women to see. And at the same time, both of them are being dogged by the past, the colonial history, and also by the uh, the other hunters that are present in the play as well. So there's multiple multiple levels of that going on all over the shop, really. <laughs> so we've got uh, woman and dog and dingo in the cast. Yeah. Is that right? So yeah. how are they personified? Like how are the animals represented? And, you know, the communication, is it that space between? Is it very visual and um, dance-like or choreographed or or do they speak? Ah, well, it's it's a really good question because there, there is clearly a lot of physicality and um, the relationship between woman and her dog, whose name in the play is dog, her working dog, um, home farm dog, is, you know, that very physical, lots of affection and also that sense of the, the physical spaces between, like the characters really play that a lot, like there are standoffs and that question mm. of, well, whose space is it, you know, whose ground is it and how warmly or curiously or threateningly um, do they inhabit that space and the other characters who are in it? In, and in terms of how they communicate, I mean, clearly we use language because it's a, it's, there's, a, there's a lot of text in the play. But I guess the crucial thing for woman is her journey to not being able to hear what the dogs are saying. So everyone's speaking in English on the stage and the woman can't understand. She doesn't, uh, she's not even aware of, she's oblivious to the language, the actual words that both Dingo and Dog are speaking Mm -hmm. until particular parts of the story when, yes, her humanness starts to unravel and their dogness starts to become more human. So there's this, this kind of shifting of them all, the human character becoming more dog-like and the dogs becoming more human and points where a woman does actually hear the words that the animals oh. are speaking. And so that, you know, that that's that thing, I guess, as you say, about what are the spaces and obstacles between real connection and real communication and can those be broken down and how do we connect and how do we find our ways to really be able to listen and to really be able to try to understand another being's point of view and experience? Well, as well as being about communication, like you said, it's about territory and ownership and land and where is that kind of basis for the story? I know that when I read a little bit about Angus Macmillan and you talked to me about that kind of, I mean, metaphoric relationship with this world and history of the land. Yeah. The play is set on Gunai Kurnai country, which is uh, a nation down in Victoria, what uh, otherwise known as Gippsland. And Gunai Kurnai country is my co-writer and colleague, Andrea's, that is her grandmother's country. So it's very specifically grounded in that, in that place and in the stories and experiences of that place. So um, Dingo is um dingo 
is aware of she's sort of she's she's a real dingo and she's there but she's also aware of the past the um and you know the first nations sense of time where she has she has all that knowledge of everything that has happened on country before and so her that is her place that is her home and you know she often says in the play you know stand my ground that is her home and the white um, settler invaders who came to that country uh, in the 1840s um, were um, led by as you mentioned um, a Scotsman called Angus Macmillan and their the land was stolen. There were massacres. Um, it's a horrific history. And so the sense of, you know, whose land it is, whose home it is, who owns it and how can we live on it, um, yeah, is really, really pertinent to the play. It's mm. kind of everything really, yeah. Which is back again to communication and the lack of that perspective. Tell me how you came to be a writer in the first place and, and kind of why do you write? Like what is it about this that you wanted to bring maybe directly but also generally? Like what drives you to write? Is it is it about understanding something? Like why? Do you, mm. do you yeah, think? that's a really good, yeah, it's good to think about. I mean I have always written like even as mm. a kid mm. I really liked to write I loved to write stories and I think yeah part of that is to definitely part of that is to understand and also part of it is to try and understand the multiple perspectives that can be held in a story um, and at the same time you know, recognising this this work is, you know, Andrea and I collaborated on this and it actually came about because I'd started developing the story about nine years ago and um, Andrea directed a script development workshop for it and it was very clear um, through the work in that workshop with her and also with a number of other First Nations artists who were in that workshop that there was a whole part of the story that as a white woman I could not write and I could not tell. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I invited Andrea to, I just said, well, look, I need to chuck this whole version of the story just needs to be chucked out and I want to start again and I would, because it needs it needs the First Nations voice, it needs the voice of country and the voice of Dingo and the voice of the people. And because, you know, the country was Angela's grandmother's, so that was, you know, a perfect... Mm perfect match so I know that when I'm writing to understand when I say to understand multiple perspectives that's also through a co-writing process because there are some perspectives that because of my culture and just the whole way that you know I have been encultured I can't hope to understand or neither and neither should I even attempt to represent so um I that understanding piece is really important to me and also it's something about expression as well I think and just being able to give voice to my questions and I think sometimes for me writing starts more from a question it's more from that it's more from that question about my god how do how can we as humans do this life thing better you know yeah how, how can yeah how can we do this life thing in, in the most broadest sense of the word better and so 
the writing for me is kind of like um, a bit of an exploration or investigation to try and, you know, explore what's, you know, to explore, explore that question. And mm. why are we the way we are? Why do we do the things we do, you know? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. And it's a way, it's also a way of meeting. It's a, it's a communication tool. So it's actually a way of mm. kind of coming to meet with others um, and to hope to understand. Yeah. 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 And it's listening. And it's strange because writing is about expression, but it's also very much about listening. And it's not just about, you know, me going blah, 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 but actually it's about a lot of silent time. Yeah. It's so, it's a solo activity, you would think. But that brings me to asking about that co writing process. Did you write from one angle and Andrew the other, or was it more in, in, interwoven, or how did you work? Yeah, it was really fascinating because we were both a little apprehensive to start with so before we even started writing we spent a week together just actually talking through how we would do it what our process might be and not only a creative process but also a cultural process so that you know we were I was we were giving proper respect to all the cultural issues and parts of the story and about each of us as people and from the original idea that I'd been working on for all that time, we together in discussion worked out what pieces of that story we wanted to keep mm. and what pieces of that would remain to give us a skeleton. So between the two of us, we actually plotted out the whole play first, which is something that neither of us do as individual writers. We don't write that way individually. So it was quite... <laughs> And unusual, but we thought as co-writers, it was actually essential that we both knew where the work was going and where we were in each scene. And then we came to the conclusion that we would take custodianship of the different characters. So Andrea was Dingo's custodian and I was woman and dog's custodian. And that meant that while we were free to make offers about all the characters, the custodians were the one who had the final say, the relationship Relationship. and the voice to the character that, that was important. And so that was so helpful I mean we're really proud of what we were able to come up with at the end and now there's points where we can't remember who wrote which line um Mm. so that kind of is a good feeling in terms of you know because it's a bit risky and ultimately just having trust and respect total trust and respect in each other and yeah being able to to listen and sit and try things out it sounds very much like a. It's such a great word, custodianism, especially for the the kind of topic. But also that you aren't. There is this element of ownership as well, which is interesting. What What is the language like then in the end? I imagine you have very different kinds of writing styles. Like you know, that is the thing about a writer is it's their voice. Yes, that's really true. I mean, we and we laughed about this often in the process about how different our styles were. I'm the verbose one who perpetually overwrites, <laughs> and Andrea is so beautifully clear and pithy. But um, yeah, sometimes she thinks that she underwrites. So um, to put the two of us together, and we could have driven each other mad, but actually, it, it worked <laughs> quite. It worked really well because I was challenged to be far more precise and less repetitive Mm. and you know Andrea talks about other challenges that that she had to so 
yeah, it was a it was a happy marriage of differences in that respect. And and again, we just just felt so lucky that we were. And I mean, we've been friends too. It, it's probably worth saying that we have been friends for a very long time. Right. So we've known each other for many many years, and so we had that sense of trust and also knowing that our we had this really solid relationship behind us when it came to nutting out differences and differences of opinion in the way that we wrote in the way the play was going and because it is about two different worlds it's about different world of space and time that is dingo's world to the mm. world of space and time that is the white woman's world and the meeting of those two and where are the where are the boundaries blurring in fact that's something we spoke about that a lot, the idea of blurred boundaries as we were writing, as the realities shift between these white culture loves binaries and we liked blurring them. Mm. And, yeah, that was very important. Complementary relationship there and communication, it sounds like. And one last question before you go. So you spoke at the top about you write maybe from a news article or an image or something that provokes and something that you want to question what is your practice or what is your like habit of writing? Even if you don't have anything, do you still write? Like, do you have a practice as a, as a writer? Oh, look, I wish I did, Regina. (laughs) (laughs) At the moment I've been working on this play. So when it comes to a creative project, because I'm also doing research at university. So I've got that whole academic writing world as well that happens too. So they're worlds that yeah, they're quite different in terms of practice, but there's, there's similarities. But with creative stuff, I used to write pretty much every day. I used to journal a lot. Then I had kid and yeah. didn't have any time. And so I would just trust that if an impulse rose and was presenting itself strongly and consistently to me, that that was something worth pursuing. So I guess I just have my radar open a lot more rather than, you know, necessarily mm. practically sitting down and hitting the page every day so the impetus for dogged was the fact that the victorian government had announced a bounty on the skins of wild dogs and dingoes because farmers were losing sheep and that immediately started my thoughts swirling about relationships between humans and animals and the whole different ways that we relate in different circumstances and the problems and complexities that really troubled me in that Mm. so that sat with me for quite a while so that was a keeper so yeah that kind of now when you know life's got many things in it it's um yeah listening to the stayers and just having to let the others go terrific well and we are I'm ultimately fascinated by the connection between man and beast as well aren't we we sort of yes wanting that and yet you know it's the taming of the world and yet we want it to be untamed all that in there yeah yeah thank you so much for joining me it's been such a pleasure my pleasure regina all the best well that was Catherine ryan she is co-writer of dogged playing at griffin theater at the moment